We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Don't touch that dial. This is The Morning Shift. All of them are really, really hot. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We are back at 7 o'clock. I was being hateful in the break. I'm sorry. This hour brought to you by Zero Res. Smart, lasting, clean. Okay, can I say you something? You were just being you. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I don't have an issue. Let me say it like this. Whenever someone retires, whenever maybe someone passes away, people love to post their pictures with that person. And I, again... Okay, maybe I, maybe I'm being judgy. It it almost is like you are you're inserting yourself into the story, and you are not the story. It's great you have a photo with him, but and I get right. it. Okay. I feel like if you had an actual personal relationship with them, because I'll say I did it one time. I covered Rivera for years in Carolina, got to know the family. Um, I mean, heck, he had the media room singing "Happy Birthday" to me one year, or whatever. When he retired, you know, I, I did. I think I I may have posted something or tweeted something, right? Um, but now with the Saban stuff, I'm just seeing it all out the out the woodworks, and it's just kind of it's kind of making me laugh. I have a photo with Saban this year. You know what else? I was like, I'm gonna one up everybody. I'm gonna drop my photo with Pete Carroll. I'm gonna post them both. Mm. I didn't do that because I'm not gonna do that. But it just it bought it, bo- like, it, bo- it clout chasing. Yes, well, it's thank called, you. That's the word I'm looking for, and I couldn't. It's called making it about making someone else's moment about you. Yeah. I saw I saw uh, a few people yesterday decide. When Saban announces retirement, to make it about Kirby Smart. Oh, it, 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 I, I, Kirby, Kirby Smart's the sheriff. Blah, blah. Hey, the Freeman is piece about, is what you're talking about. Well, more than no, the Freeman piece about the okay, NFL coaching thing is tough. It, okay, no, but 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 what you're doing is you're making it about you. Like the the Freeman piece irked me because you're. This is look, most people, most people only retire once. Uh, not everybody's Urban Meyer and has five no. retirements, okay? Or a buddy of mine in the radio industry who's re- who's who's retired three times now, and um, he'll probably come back for a fourth. The thing that I would, d- 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 why do you need to crap on them or make it or or or, okay, or make so it about shifting. you? No, no, it's okay. the same thing. Right. Because what what that's the same type of clout chasing. I'm going to be the guy that writes the article killing Saban for his one failure in his. 40 years as a coach at, at any level, I'm going to be the person that says, oh, this person did this, and here's my picture with them. It's, it, why can't you just say congratulations to this person and what they've accomplished? Hey, guess what? They're never going to see your congratulations. But, but they're <laughs> you not, know you know what really else they're cool? not going to see? Shooting that person a text message to say, hey, congrats on a great career, and they say thanks. I got, like, to your point, that's exactly post. it. I got, a, I got two calls Sorry, yesterday late, when the news broke. Well, um, who we are. Two different phone calls. Uh, from people I haven't talked to in probably two years, at least two years. And I was sitting down and, you know, with my kids, they just got home, and I'm like, I'm not answering this call, dude. No. Like, I haven't talked to you in two years. Why would I talk to you about just over the phone about what's going on here? Like, I don't I don't need that in my life. 
No. Um, and, and, but isn't that your New Year's resolution? Actually, I I hit my New Year's resolution yesterday wait, for January. I thought we discussed resolution. I thought you didn't. Wait, okay. Well, I don't do them, but he does. I think they're for quitters. I did a New Year's resolution. What's, what was? My New Year's resolution was once per month oh, yeah. reaching out somebody from my past that I haven't talked to in a while. Okay. And I did that yesterday when I got home. Well, you don't want them to reach out to you. Apparently. <laughs> what do you mean? What if like that was their resolution? from two years ago that you hadn't talked to. I'm joking. Because they reached no, no, no. out about saving. But, I, I was going to say, it's yeah. just, that's a straight reaction. Know, if it's just a normal day and you're like, man, I'll, I'll reach out to Mike. Hey, I'm going to leave him a voicemail and say, hey, man, just thinking about you. No, like, they yeah. want something. So I actually, uh, this is probably yesterday, right after the show, probably 10 o'clock, I, I got home and I was like, ah, you know what, man, I, I need to do that. There was some other stuff in my mind, some, some other things going, going on around town that made me think of one of my high school teammates, a uh, baseball teammate of mine that lives in Boston now. And I was like, dude. I need to text him. And so I did. I, I, I got on the phone. I said, hey, just think about you. Hope you're well. I don't know what you're up to, but uh, just checking in. And he hit me right back, sent me a picture of him and his wife and his kids. His kids are not that far off of mine. And he was like, hey, by the way, I'll be in Atlanta in three weeks. You want to grab dinner? I was like, would love to. Look dude. at that. Yeah. Look so uh, I hit I t- check on the January. I got to get a, a guest lined up for February, but check on the I January guess. resolution. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he immediately he immediately <laughs> bragged too. I don't think yeah. Maybe he texted me immediately. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll call Nick in February. Is that what it is? Maybe I'll call Nick in February. Uh, I think probably... you should call Nick today. <laughs> no, how many people probably have that number? Like how? Yeah. Do you think he has five hundred icons uh, or, or only, badges uh, on his? See. He called me twice. Three times, probably, like, after I was done. Like, he would call me. He called me to graduate after the draft, called me for something else, wanted me to come do something uh, in Tuscaloosa, and then probably one other reason. And it was always from his office phone. And I was always like, man, I wonder what that cell phone Yeah, Like, I wonder how many people have that cell phone. Not many. Because I was always like, man, just go ahead and hit me, hit me with a text from that cell phone. But, you know, it doesn't text. So I was like, that's kind of what a moot point. Phone does, does he have, like, a Nokia? Probably. Old school? It's probably not. He it, can yeah. play Snake on it. Probably yeah. looks like something from or Virgin Mobile or something. You know they got I mean? my like grandmother like the jitterbug. Remember that phone? <laughs> yeah, only does, they still like, have the dumb phone. Get him yeah, a dumb phone. Does Bo Nix's grandma have that? <laughs> you do not disrespect hey, Linda. She texts. Be a, a, a serious question though, because when you brought up to him that he only called you, what what is your what's your the if you had to have like one moment if you're speaking. At a dedication for Nick Saban, like well, you know, if, if they if they decide to name the field after him, and they said, "Hey, we want hmm. we want the captain to come back. We want the captain and the All American of his first national title team here to come talk and tell one story. What's the one story, Mike Johnson, All American and uh, captain of a national champion 2009 Alabama team, gonna gonna tell? I think a lot of people have a misnomer about Nick that he was hard headed, um, and, and I think he was in some ways, but it was always about work uh and you know being prompt and it, he was hard-headed about that stuff he was not so much hard-headed in, in the way he coached he was willing to change a lot of things um one of those one of my the, the, the biggest you hear it on the intro the butt chewing I got from from Saban the worst time we ran a drill um called team run and it was basically ones versus ones you lined up four plays in a row and you ran running plays and we were our defense in 2009 was legendarily good. I think we only had one player on the defense that didn't get drafted. Uh, but our offense pretty good, too. We had a you know, Heisman Trophy winner. We had a good run game. Trent Richardson was his backup. We had a pretty good offensive line. Um, but on this day in particular, with Terrence Cody and Marcel Darius and Rolando McClain and Dante Hightower, we shredded them. And I mean shredded them. Like ripped off a 45-yard gainer and a 60-yard gainer and a 30-yard gainer. And Coach Saban restarted the drill. He like He was like, 
start the drill over. And I'm, this is team run now. This is ones vs. ones. It's not a defensive drill. So that's, I kind of put my hands on my knees and it's 110 degrees outside and I kind of looked down at the ground and I screamed. It's not a defensive drill. Didn't go over well. Didn't go over well. I've had my butt chewed by Nick Saban yeah. a few times. Well, yeah, didn't go over well. So what? The, the the point of the story is he he dressed me down in that moment. He dressed me down again after practice. In but front of everybody after, or in front of everybody? I mean, in front of Both everybody. Times. Yeah. But I, I I went up to his office after because I wanted to apologize to him, and I was you know still in full pads, man, sweating, had a towel around my neck, and I was like, hey, I just I didn't mean it the way it came off. Isn't the heat of the moment? I'm sorry. I should have never said what I said. And he said, no, you shouldn't have. But you're right. And I was uh, I'm like, what? 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 <laughs> I like kind of turned around thinking, oh, he's about to chew me again. He's like, no, you, you're right. Um, he's like, I tell you what, don't ever do that again. Don't ever think you need to be loud, especially towards a coach, especially not me. But I'll never make you repeat that drill again. And I was like, deal. <laughs> D- deal. God. And it's, what's funny is when I was in the AAF – Four years ago when I was doing play-by-play in the booth for that, the Alliance League, the GM for the Birmingham team was my old offensive line coach. So we sat on a plane together to go to San Diego, and the first thing he brought up goes, remember that day you told Saban it wasn't a defensive drill? <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, you remember that? And he was like, he looked at me like, this is my offensive line coach talking. He said, he looked at me like, what are you going to do? And he said, hell, I agree with him. <laughs> it ain't a defensive drill. He shouldn't have to repeat this because they did well. Can, can I ask you a question? Did you, did you feel like a? I'm just gonna say, did you feel like a badass walking back to the locker room to take your pads off? Because you did get your butt chewed, but you were heard, and he basically said, "You're right, I was wrong, but you don't, don't ever say that but, again. But, but, but don't <laughs> challenge me, you right? Don't strike me as someone that would go back along and be like, "Yo, y'all, he told me I was right, but I could be wrong." I didn't. I, I didn't. didn't think no, did. I, I didn't. I, didn't think I don't did. think I spoke at that moment for years. Yeah, but that um, internal but, feeling, right? Like, did you, what was no? I mean, no dude, there's nothing. Not nothing <laughs> after that moment. It, you don't the, the way he just did you in front of the entire yeah. team for a reason, and I was in the wrong. It, you guys know I, I'm the first one. I wanted to go apologize. I was like, dude, should have never done that. It was so disrespectful to him. And in that moment, obviously, he agreed with it and and, and all that. But he kind of accepted the apology and and just slipped in the fact that hey, you're right. You know, I should not make y'all redo this. There was a part of me that took a little bit of pride in it. There was even more uh, pride like three weeks later when we shredded them again and he didn't make us repeat any plays. I was like, that's right. Y'all don't even know. Is, you're welcome. Uh, but, yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Tell the other offensive players. <laughs> you're welcome. I, I sacrificed. Yeah. My, yeah. my butt's still red I don't even have a, I don't even have a butt anymore. He I've had my butt shoot by Nick Saban a few yeah. times. Did anyone come up to you, like your teammates after? Like, were people like, oh, dang, like Mike just got. <laughs> I just got, you know, you, at that point, down. whenever, and it, by the way, it happened it often. It happened often. They ripped you off. Whenever anything like that would happen, you usually just get a fist bump and somebody would say, uh, you good? You good? That's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Yeah, I'll roll with it. Um, so, man, there's a, there's a, there's a number of stories like that. Instances. I actually, um, I actually got Scott Cochran shoot out one time, uh, which is 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 going to be a fun story to tell at some point. Um, there is breaking news that just happened right now. Um, Adam Schefter is reporting that Bill Belichick and the Patriots have agreed to mutually part ways. Belichick with us loose confirmed. No, just kidding. Yeah, you would take something. <laughs> That's a lot of news. That, that would be uh, a square peg, or a round hole square peg, or vice versa. Yes. That would be 
if, if anyone's never crossing over to yeah. college or NFL, it, it's yeah. that guy. Is it, there anybody more disconnected from NIL than Bill Belichick? Wow. I mean, oh, yeah, no. Uh, but, I mean, I'll tell what you this, What man, are you saying? You're going to transfer if I don't give you more player time? Oh, I don't. Get out of my office. <laughs> Bye. I mean, oh, uh, good. Do we, are you, who are you? Yeah. Are you on scholarship? Yeah. Uh, it's it, it just funny, man. It, it stinks because we are really seeing a changing of the times in, as far as football coaching oh, yeah. goes. We're, we're, we're Pete Carroll and, and Belichick and all these other guys that are leaving, uh, obviously, the profession. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting offseason, to say the least. So, Yeah, here's the tweet from um, Adam Schefter. He also uh, credits Mike uh, Reese for this as well, who covers the Patriots for ESPN. But he said Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots are expected to part ways today after a remarkable 24 seasons together, ending an unmatched run in NFL history that includes six Super Bowl titles. League sources tell both of those guys. I, I just want to imagine that Bill's staying in Nick's pool house down there in Jupiter Island. You know what I mean? You know? I just want to. I just want to imagine that he's got the guest suite down there and that they're sipping mai tais tomorrow. So, man, if you could only imagine what it would be like to be in a newsroom, a sports newsroom, in the last 48 <laughs> hours. <laughs> All right, when we come back from the morning shift, a lot to get to in the NFL now, of course, with this news now that Bill Belichick and the Patriots are agreeing to mutually part ways. Stay with us here on Sports Radio 19 on the game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Getting your day started Go ahead. with the morning shift. Time for the show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time to huddle up. Bring it in close. Bring it in close. The latest NFL news, rumors, reports, and happenings. Within the huddle on the morning shift. Get at the heart of the NFL with the In the Huddle podcast. Former offensive lineman Brian Baldinger and NFL insider Jason Lockhampora team up with the man who pulls no punches. Carl Dukes, they take you around the league and give you the inside scoop on the storylines that matter the most and dive deep on the matchups that determine who wins and who loses. New episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Follow In the Huddle on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Now back to the breaking news that just occurred. Adam Schefter and Mike Reese of ESPN both reporting, and I'll read you the tweet here from X. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots are expected to part ways today after a remarkable 24 seasons together, ending an unmatched run in NFL history that includes six Super Bowl titles. This per their league sources. Um, like, I'm a little bit dumbfounded. Uh, not dumbfounded that it's parting ways, but that it happened so close to Nick Saban and Pete Carroll all, all in the 24-hour yeah. span. And uh, it's just crazy the turnover we're seeing. Uh Right now, and I just told you guys this during the break, Andy Reid is now the oldest coach at 65 years old in the NFL. I don't expect it to stay that way. I think that Bill will probably land somewhere else. Um, but we'll see. And uh, I know Atlanta's going to be kicked around a lot. There are now, what, seven or eight vacancies in the NFL? So, uh, you seven know, his, now. his, yeah, his name's going to be kicked around a lot. He's going to be, I don't want to say in high demand, but somebody's going to want Bill Belichick in the fold, right? It, it feels like... This, eight now, eight vacancies. This feel, this is going to be probably people are going to criticize. I'm about to say, I feels like he was fired. Um, 
because he said in his last press conference, I'm willing to I'm willing to do whatever if, if it means, you know, adapt. Or, and, and that, to me, was saying, look, I'll stay here. If they want to bring in a guy to do personnel, I'll, I'll, I'll still coach. So that, to me, feels like and, – and Robert Kraft was never going to straight up fire him. No, he say what you want, but this is what you see in any corporation, any business. When someone's say, been there this Bill long. Bill Belichick, as the GM or president, yeah. would have been the first one to fire Bill Belichick. Exactly. That's, exactly. that's, that's <laughs> the terminology. I mean, you could say sounds like he's fired. Like, whatever. Like, well, that's the terminology that's used. Like, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It says mutually agreed to part ways. This is, this is Robert Kraft sitting down saying, look, we need to go in a different direction. You know I'm not going to fire you. Uh, but I, we just got to do it, and, and, and so they said, "All right, well, let's just let's just agree to walk away," and that's exactly what happened. Real quick, is this is this Mike Vrabel's job for the taking? I, I, that's I the way think I so. Would lean. He was just put in the uh, Ring of Honor. I think well, that was week yeah. two when I had him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think so. A definite fan favorite up there, and definitely someone that knows if they want to keep it going in that direction, the Patriot way. Um, if, but he brings a little bit of an, more of an edge to it. Um, I remember when I covered them in the ASU the Championship game. Yeah, a little bit of that. Like he referred to his players as his street rats, and like they loved it, and they because street rats always find a way to get it done. That's I've probably watching, not. Something. I've been watching a lot of Aladdin <laughs> in my house lately. That I've makes been a lot watching of a lot of that Gino <laughs> stuff, and a lot of uh, never mind. It's a whole other story. I'll do it in TV's timeout tomorrow. <laughs> but um, you uh, do not see you know words like or descriptions of your team like street rats or something right. like that coming out of Bill Belichick's mouth. So yeah. I'd say uh, Rabel brings a more up to date version. Of the Patriot way, if that even still can. I agree. If if I'm the Chargers, I just said this today. If I'm the Chargers, I call Vrabel. If 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 because they're ready to win right now. They've got a stacked defense. They've got a franchise quarterback under contract with some with some weapons. I, I would call him right now. Now there's there's uh, news at Ian Rappaport that Dylan just sent us is that the Falcons have requested to interview Ravens defensive line coach and associate head coach Anthony Weaver for the vacant job. Weaver, his... Not going to uh, lie, I don't know anything about he's it. Been in the, he's been in the league for 14 years. Uh, he played from 02 to... Uh, he went to Notre Dame, by the way. Played in the league from 02 to 08. I know. You said it five times. I can say, by the way, once, by the way. See, do you see what I did there? That's so bad. So, um, but he, he's been there uh, well, since 21. Well, back to what you were saying, though, about, um, you know, the San Diego Chargers coming already, like, pre You mean the Los Angeles like, Chargers? Oh, yes. Sorry. The, Gosh, I've been doing that all morning. I just envisioned myself back in that the beautiful stadium weather with the St. Louis Rams. Diego. But anyway, shut up. I actually had a game there and had the Chargers twice this season. Whatever. So, uh, but what I'm, uh, the point I was making is you said they already come prepackaged, ready to go, kind of plug and play. You're not going to necessarily get that in New England, but Vrabel didn't have that when he got to Tennessee as well. So, I mean, yes, he had Derrick Henry, but still, you didn't have a team that was already in the position that the Chargers are in. I think he might actually relish the opportunity to go up there to New England, where he, you know, was a player with a ton of grit to be able to kind of restore what was there when he played and what was there in the tenure for the yeah. most part when Belichick was there. Building stuff's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It's home for him. There ain't nothing like there ain't nothing like walking into a furnished house and saying, "Let's go." Uh, let me ask you this. <laughs> or you can be or you can be Dak. Like, yeah, let, here let me, we go. Let me ask you this: If Arthur Smith is going to be a package deal with Mike Vrabel anywhere, if you're a Los Angeles Chargers fan, does that excite you as a hire, as a as a pairing? Uh, yeah, they went to an AFC title game with Ryan Tannehill. Okay. 
I'm just curious because of the quarterback issues that have played out here in Atlanta. I'm just curious if hey. you thought that Justin Herbert fans would be like, yeah, that's a good, that's a good idea. And Tiffany was like, Derrick Henry basically did his goodbyes after the game. That yeah. Tennessee. That's a full on. Go. The, what you were talking about. Yeah. Hey, Vrabel, bring Derrick Henry, bring Derrick Henry with you. Mm. Bring Arthur Smith with you. And let's ride. I and mean, maybe they can get Russell Henry Wilson to back him up. Left I do too. The, the way that that dude trains too. and plays. Yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. He's a beast. Imagine him, yeah. Justin Herbert. Uh, what they that Keenan Allen still, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, yeah. Is Mike Williams what are you still do with there? Austin Eckler. And he's you got franchise tag, right? Or no? Uh, Eckler won't scone so badly. Yeah, he does. I, I think would, he was injured. But, part of I know he missed the, one yeah. of the games I had with them. Hey, newsflash! It's 2023. You need two good running backs, Henry and Eckler. I, let's, dude. You're probably spending a lot of money at that spot is all I'm saying. Let me ask oh, you this. Oh, it is 2024. Dang. Before we go any further, I think it's a slam dunk for Seattle because Pete Carroll's staying on it as an advisor. You guys know where I'm going with this. Slam. It's Dan Quinn. That's got to be Dan gotta, Quinn's job. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, but right. does Dan Quinn want that does job? Does he want that job? I, listen, no, I know he loves you know, Seattle. He pulled his name out of that numerous times last year for he jobs. Did. But I would have to say that that is like – a perfect But I think piece. the Cowboys also were like, you ain't going anywhere. Like, right. Let's give you some more. Sit down. <laughs> like, we'll pay you the we money. Need, we need you. Yeah. Here's we'll the thing. Pay that, head coach money. Here's the thing that no one is really saying it out loud. Everybody's talking about, well, Vrabel will have his pick, and, and Belichick will have his pick. Dan Quinn will have his pick of job. He, I, Other than this one, I'm pretty sure every team has put in to interview him already. So he's going to have his pick of the litter that's the point I was making when we were on with Drew Butler the other day. Is Drew was like, I want to prove a head coach. I'm like, who is that other than Belichick and Harbaugh? The next guy is like Dan Quinn, and he's not coming here. And obviously, for and obvious reasons. you don't reasons. have so, to have that. I would love to get some stats. I don't know. Maybe I'll hit up one of our retreads guys and ask, like, the record of guys that have been. Retreads. Had, retreads. I hate that um, phrase, and guys by the way. that, uh, well, I mean, this league does a, well, I hate, a lot of people that get jobs. But but if you. Re, you want me to say recycle? Well, <laughs> What, it's it's a it's a it's it's used as a negative connotation. Yes, people people flip jobs. If, if most of us have been fired from a job, uh, I, I technically wasn't fired. We were all laid off at the old <laughs> station, but I, I consider it being fired. Uh, this and just to say, well, retread. No, he, he went somewhere. Didn't work out. Their retreads are, are not that terrible of a thing. There's a number. Really? By the way, they well, always come off on the highway. Retread, never buy a retread Let's, tire. Just stop. Um, by the way, Todd Bowles retread, Mike McCarthy retread. There's a number of Raheem guys Morris. that have had success. Yeah. By, by the way, oh, Schefter yeah. did say that at some point today, um, the Patriots, uh, Robert Kraft, will be holding a press conference. So, hmm. um, I wonder who's going to be with him. <laughs> just curious. Yeah. The well, GM's out too, be- so yeah. Hey. Probably just himself. You think so? Yeah, he's a one man. Do they have a president? I'm sure they do. I don't know. I I don't thought, know. What was Belichick's official title other than head coach? He had another one. Nah, but it wasn't GM. He didn't have that. That wasn't the title. He had a player. They had a player personnel guy. They had a guy that was considered the president of player personnel. I just Real quick before we go to break, I told you guys that Andy Reid was now the oldest head coach in the NFL at 65. I asked you guys who the second oldest was. Yeah. Any last second guesses before I have to spill it on air? Who the second oldest who coach in the NFL old. is? Who could look old? Is it- Dylan know? Does Day Day know? Anybody know the second oldest coach now in the NFL? It's not somebody that you think is old. Give me a bet. Okay, give me give me the hint again. East Coast. East Coast. You're, I, I, I want to say this name, but it cannot possibly be him. Mike Tomlin. I don't know. I'm just throwing it's names out. It's not Dable, right? It's not. Nope. No. Okay. 
John Harbaugh. Oh, I should have guessed that. John Harbaugh is 61 years old. He does not look 61. I know. I know. Like my dad's 61. I'm like looking at him right. going, boy, you, you're, he looks good for 61, John Harbaugh. Right. Man. It's crazy. Anyways. Thanks yeah. for a little trivia there. Hey, yeah. this hour brought to you by Zero Res. Smart, lasting, clean. What you got for Mike Duff? Obviously, uh, you know, listen, give me this platform, guys. I know that there's some people out there. Nick Saban was the villain. Nick Saban was the bad guy. Nick Saban, aside from my parents, had more of an impact on me in my life than anybody else. And so we'll talk about him a little bit on the other side. Uh, and a very somber, somber uh, edition of Mike Duff for me. That's coming up next. It's the Morning Shift, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. More than just sports talk. This is the morning shift. I'm in. Me too. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. There are eight head coaching vacancies in the NFL, and one of them happens to be right here in Atlanta. And, uh, Bo, I think you have an update. Yeah. Can, by the way, can we space out all this breaking Don't look at me. Can we space out all this breaking <laughs> news? There's multiple things that have happened. Uh, the Falcons have requested <laughs> to interview Ravens D-line coach Anthony Weaver. They've also requested to interview Lions DC Aaron Glenn and the, and thank you to my good friend, Wes Durham, the NFL International Games, they've designated the home teams, which are the Bears, the Vikings, and the Jaguars in London, the Panthers in Munich, and the Sao Paulo game is still to TB D or TBA to be announced. Um, and so the Falcons will not be in any of those games unless it's the <laughs> Sao Paulo one and that they're the home team there, which uh, that would be the only way they could go. So we won't have to travel abroad next year, or I won't have to, most likely. Tiffany uh, might. Okay, maybe. so wait, back to the coaching stuff, right? Yes. Schedule stuff later. Uh, so you said the Falcons requested to interview Aaron Glenn, DC for the Detroit Lions. Shout out to myself; he was my honorable mention in Top Five Tuesday. And defensive line and assistant head coach Anthony Weaver for the Ravens. Both I, of I, them are minority coaches, by the way. I like the Aaron Glenn deal uh, for a number of reasons. More so than ever, you, you have to be a motivator of men. I, I just when you look at former players, I love when I see former players step into to these roles. It just seems like they're universally liked a lot of times. That's why I'm a big fan of them putting Antonio Pierce in that role in and, and, and Vegas. That's why I'm a big Mike Vrabel fan. I love the D'Amico Ryan story. Everything about when these former players step in these roles. Aaron Glenn played, I don't know, 11 years, I think, in the NFL. He was a good football player. Texas A&M guy, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and, and he's a motivator of men. And so I think you have to have that. And by the way, Dan Campbell is another one that obviously a former player that steps in that role. Uh, so I, I think when you look at it, I think Aaron Glenn's it's a good direction hey, to go. Um, before we get your, uh, your mic'd up, what position, former player, that what, what position makes the best head coach? <laughs> oh, you know that answer. You know what he's going to well, say. Well, but I'm trying to find a good. I'm trying to find a good example. <laughs> you know what he's. I know. I was like, well, there hasn't been. Jeff Saturday. Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I would think offense lineman, but it seems like it's a tight end linebacker thing, right? It, it seems like it's right a now. Yeah, tight end linebacker thing. So Dan Campbell and uh, D'Amico. Hard to argue with that. Uh, and Mike Vrabel. And Vrabel, yeah. yeah. So hard to argue with that, but it's it's uh, that's how I feel. I I listen. Let let hey let Atlanta mess around and find themselves hiring an offensive lineman. I'll be fully on board. Don't even have to know who he we is. We just had one. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Another one. I just met a guy that played. Do you want you want to pivot? You want to go to Mike Duff? <laughs> yeah, let's get Mike Duff. <laughs> 
It's time to rant. Excuse me? It's time to rage. It's time for mic Up. On the Morning Shift. As the news broke yesterday, my phone started buzzing off of the hook. Uh, some of those text messages came from some of my old teammates. Uh, and it was really interesting getting everybody's feelings, getting everybody's emotions that I played football with at Alabama or that came after me or that played before me uh, of how they felt about this move of Nick Saban retiring and leaving Tuscaloosa yesterday. The videos are just – videos were pouring down of people at a statue. I mean, let's be honest, they were – they were kind of lighting candles at a statue. It was a little bit weird for a it's moment a there. Strange. A little bit weird. Uh, there was also a guy, uh, Saban was heading to the airport. There was a guy standing outside the complex with the police, you know, watching the police escort and video. And he said, goodbye, my king. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get all the way uh, to Tuscaloosa and back that quickly? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody apparently left a barefoot, a bottle of barefoot wine at the, at the bottom <laughs> of Saban's statue, sure. which is the most Alabama thing ever. But anyway. Well, he doesn't drink, so. It's uh, it was it was funny, kind of rehashing all those. And so one of my buddies brought uh, brought up the first meeting we ever had with Coach Saban, which was really funny to think about and get everybody else's take on what that was. Because like first team meeting, the first time he walked into our team meeting, it wasn't a Dion type one where y'all got to leave. There was actually a little bit more of that than you'd expect. It was it was it wasn't hey we're bringing in Louis, but it basically was something to the to the effect of I know you didn't pick me. Uh, you know, you didn't come here because of me, and that's fine. Because I'll be honest, I didn't pick a lot of y'all. But we have to come together and basically realize <laughs> we have to come together and basically realize we're in this together. And so he was like, "If you want to transfer, if you want to look into uh, other options, my door's open. I'd love to talk to you. Uh, but if you want to work and become a better version of yourself, and, and, and you know, try to play winning football, we'd love to have you here." And so very interesting to to get all my older teammates' takes on those years because there was a lot of Weeding it out, right? I mean, everybody talks about, uh, obviously, the incredible run he had, but 2007 was the blip on that radar where you had issues. You had problems in the trenches. You didn't have great skill players. Uh, you know, there was there was a number of issues as far as suspensions go. We weren't very good. We were not very good in 2007. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It was my sophomore year. But he gave me the chance. Uh, I've told the story before, and I told it on Dukes and Bell again last night, but I'll tell it for you again. Right after he was hired, I, listen, Mike Shula sat down at my dinner table in my house and had had a meal. One of the nicest human beings you'll ever What'd meet. What did y'all have? Ribs. <laughs> no, we had ribs. It's an important, uh, it's an important no, it's question. Not, continue, yeah, Mike. It's an important, uh, well, maybe. I don't know. But Mike Shula sat down at my house, so my parents knew him. We knew what he was. I knew what kind of man he was. Nick Saban's hired, and my parents, we're all on like, you know, we just got done with the bowl game. We're all watching TV. The only thing you see is, is Nick yelling at, the t- uh, you know, yelling at the camera saying, I won't be the head coach. And the next thing is him making one of his defensive linemen cry during training camp for being overweight. So my parents are kind of looking at this going, dear God, what, what is, what's going on? What are you walking into? We're sending our baby. So probably three or four weeks go by. My mom calls me just when I'm on my way to class and she goes, Hey, just so you know, I'm down the street at the football complex. I felt weird that I didn't tell you that I was coming to town, but I'm here. Um, I was like, "Why, why, why are you here? Well, I have a meeting in like 10 minutes with Coach Saban. I was like, you want to talk about a pit in your stomach? I was like, dear God, what are you doing? She goes, well, I just wanted to meet him, let him, uh, you know, just figure out what his game plan is for you. And, and I wanted to meet the person coach my son. She calls me afterwards and she was like, I'll be honest, did not expect to be that intimidated by the guy. <laughs> she got the button pushed on her. She walked in, got the button pushed that closes the door behind her. And he sat down and he 
he was like, what, what, what can I help you with? And basically she was like, I want you to outline what the game plan is, being like a lot of moms. And so um, she got that experience with him. He caught up with me like the next day during uh, winter workouts. And I, I just said, Coach, I'm so sorry. So sorry that my mom did that. That's so awkward. Uh, I haven't even really gotten a chance to know him at that point. And the most Nick Saban thing you've ever heard, he just turned around and goes, Mike, we've, we've all got moms. Uh, and, and, and I respect it and, and outlined it for her. So I, I, that's just the kind of man he was, is the kind of uh, person that I grew to love. He told me after that moment, he said, honestly, I was just scared you were going to transfer. Uh, he was like, I'm excited to work with you. So we got to work and uh, obviously had a, a number of successful years uh, before I left in 2009 after we won the national championship and was on my way. But the effect that he had in me on me over those three years, it, it still plays out to this day. Anybody out there that's had a good coach and then has had that mentor kind of factor. Some people will say father figure. I don't expect I don't expect father figure to really come out of my mouth for him. I don't know if I look at him as a father figure. Um, he was a, a mentor in a lot of ways and somebody that kind of rearranged the way I did things. It still plays out to this day. When I am 15 minutes early to something, it is directly because of Nick Saban. I was not like that before him. When I am, you know, when I harp on myself first, when I look in the mirror and say, what could I have done differently? That's a direct thing from Nick Saban. I mean, that comes straight from his playbook of saying, don't worry about what's going out, worry about what you can affect. And that's how I've lived my life for the last, what's it been now, 16 years since he showed up in Tuscaloosa. Uh, so all that has had a direct impact on me. He's, he's, he was an incredible coach, but more than that, he had an impact on the way a lot of people think. Where does he rank for you uh, in most, I don't want to say important, but most influential people in your life? He's, no, he's number three behind my parents. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and, and like I said, it's not a father figure thing. I, I love my mom and dad dearly. They, they are great parents and have had a huge impact, obviously, as, par- as parents should, on what I am and who I am. But right in a strong third place is Nick Saban. He just, he's impacted the way I live life, like I said, uh, and the way I go about things. Everything that I think and everything that I do and everything that I expect uh, it, when I go about my business is directly directly impacted by the things that he did. You think you're you think you play in the NFL if Nick Saban no, doesn't come to Alabama? Not even close. I don't even know if I finished my time at Alabama. My grades weren't good. Um, I wasn't excelling on the football field. I was missing workouts. He changed all that. I I I, I the the semester he showed up, he snatched me up. We had a long conversation. He would send you to a psychiatrist or psychologist or whoever you needed to talk to. He sent you to academic advisors. He made you work harder. I think I got seven straight A's after he showed up. Uh, turned my entire career there around. Uh, I started excelling in, in all the workouts. I started being first in line for for conditioning drills, um, and, and that's when I started actually playing and having an impact on the field uh, did, when he got there. Did he have individual meetings with you guys and outline the things that you guys did like prep, oh, or, or was it deeper? Knew you better than you probably knew yourself without having ever spoken a word to you. He'd look at your files. He talked to your teachers, talked to your academic advisors, talked to old position coaches. Talk to strength coordinators, everybody from the top down, and he already knew, he already had a massive file on every person that walked through those doors. So, what's that first meeting like for you? The individual meeting when he pulls you in, and you're you're this, um, you know, kind of a less than average student, right? And you're less than average work ethic right now, right? Uh, uh, he he basically said, "I've watched your film. I've watched uh, some of the tape of you in bowl practice. I've watched your film. I watched some of your high school tape. Why are you not a bigger part of this team?" and I didn't have a good answer for him. And he was like, you, you're you're too talented, too athletic, too good of a player not to have a bigger impact than you've already had on this football team. And I expect you to step into one of these roles later. And at that point, I was the second string, second string lineman. 
ended up starting the game week one the following season. Um, it's, just, it's all about expectations for him and looking at yourself and not asking what everybody else around you can do. It's about asking how you can help yourself and how you can be better. So when, so when he answers that question to that, that kid the other day about, um, you know, you got to do the Kobe stuff, that's, that's, no, that's completely who he is. That's what he basically told you when he arrived there, right? Yeah, it, 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 like I said, man, he, um, he affected the way I go about, the way I think. I think that's the best thing you can say about a coach, not just affecting what you are on the field or as a player, but he affected the way I think every day. It, and that, that in turn affects how I am as a parent, how I am as a husband, how I am uh, hopefully as a professional. So it's a, it's a lasting impact, man. And, and like I said, I tweeted this morning, it's a somber day for me. I am happy for him that he is finally going to get some rest. But, um, man, he, he massively impacted not only me, but a lot, a lot of my close friends uh, and people around me. So uh, there, there, it, there has been no other person other than my parents that has had a more lasting impact on me than Coach Saban did. Uh, exactly what uh, Mike just said is what statement or what Saban echoed in his statement. Um, and I'll read you just the last part of it. The goal was always to help players create more value for their future, be the best player they could be, and be more successful in life because they were a part of our program. So great stories from you, Mike. Uh, up next is the wake-up call. Maybe you had a coach that impacted your life significantly like Nick Saban did on our own Mike Johnson here. You can call us and share those stories at 404-726-0929 or if you want to get into coaching carousel, another vacancy has opened up. Bill Belichick and the Patriots mutually agreeing to part ways. That is the report that is out. Give us a shout. We'll talk to you next here on the Morning Shift on Sports Radio 929 The Game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.